Welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a lectionary podcast from the clergy of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm John Kennedy. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. Today we are continuing through Matthew's Gospel, and uh, we have two stories. And uh, in one of them, we find out that Jesus doesn't really like to wash his hands. So let's find out what that's about. This is chapter 15, verses 10 through 28. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. For she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. So I mentioned the hand-washing one, but this Mm -hmm. is the one that uh, I think really calls our attention and gets um, our emotions uh, uh, activated. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is a tough passage, a tough story. It's very tough. Yeah. Tough, especially if taken at face value. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, are, yeah, yeah. I mean, the hound washing, I guess, does that come before this passage? Where it does. He's talking about he, he didn't wash his hands, so they call him out on it. And mm-hmm. here's what, and this is what he says. That's in right. For some reason, it's not included in, in the lectionary, yeah. at least this cycle. Yeah. Our um, lectionary leaves us with a lot of little yeah. hanging chads. Yes. Um, and in, in this passage, it, the lectionary gives us the choice whether to drop that whole beginning and just, uh, just do the go with and, the Canaanite yeah. story. But um, I'm glad that we have the choice because I think these two really go together. Mm. 
and I feel that they, um, it's sort of like two chapters of a movie or something like okay. that because yeah. it's a contrast. And, and if we follow last week where we were talking about Jesus possibly reenacting the movements of Joshua into the promised land, you know, mm-hmm. sending his disciples alone on the boat ahead and he comes to be with them. But, you know, he's got this sense that he urgently wants them to cross over and be there, you know, enter the promised land yeah. or so yeah. to speak at least. Um, and then here we, as, as we said, it follows, they enter this territory and um, so there they are kind of eating with, with unwashed hands and um, Jesus you know, he, he's responding to his own people here. Mm-hmm. He's, the Pharisees are scandalized by him. And, you know, one, one, this commentator that I've been reading about uh, the Joshua parallel is saying that um, the people should be living freely in this promised land, but they're not. You know, they have, they have land and everything, but they're not free. You know, they're not, they're living with this morality, purity, um, police all the time. And, Everything they do is being watched and measured, mm-hmm. um, you know, over, more over their, you know, oppressed by Romans and stuff. But still, there's not a lot of f- flowing milk and honey, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? No, not really. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Jesus is like, you have it all wrong. And, you know, he's talking about, he's using the, the same list that comes from the Ten Commandments, you know, right. out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, yeah. adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. I mean, these are the Ten Commandments, basically. He's like, these come out of your heart. Mm-hmm. They don't come in through your dirty hands, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, um, and they're completely scandalized. And the disciples are scandalized. They're like, don't you know that they're offended by you? I mean, it's like they sense the danger. Um, mm-hmm. But then that passage ends, you know? To eat with unwashed hands does not defile, period. And then Jesus leaves this place and goes away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. So these are the, you know border people or, or mm-hmm. whatever and the so-called Canaanites. But I read that the, the term Canaanite here is completely anachronistic. It'd be well, like us calling a Norwegian a Viking. <laughs> you know, it's like used here because it's got this possible echoing of the Joshua mm-hmm. conquest of Canaan, you know, and here comes Jesus to conquer these lands, but in a whole different way, yeah. you know. And, and if you go back to Deuteronomy and everything, um, Joshua lets some tribes remain. So there's a lot of these displaced people mm. and um, we, we meet the Samaritans and so on. But the, the people of Tyre and Sidon are these ancestors, these descendants of Canaanite people, mm-hmm. right? So here's this woman living in this pocket of land in, in Canaan, I guess. And um, she, and she's completely not scandalized by Jesus. You know, I mean, the Pharisees right. are like so put off and the yeah. disciples so um, anyway, that's a little high view or, you know, the yeah. context, I think, for what's happening in this movement. I'll, I, can, I have much more to say about that second part, but maybe mm-hmm. you want to jump in. Yeah, I um, sure. I, I think that's such a good setup, especially when it comes to making this story of Jesus and the Canaanite woman uh, or the Syrophoenician woman, as she's called in Mark, which mm-hmm. is maybe more, more timely. accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah much uh, Making that story um, legible in a way that makes Jesus not seem like a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. That you see a, a, a juxtaposition and an inversion going on that Jesus' own people um, do not receive him, and somebody who is not of his people 
uh, does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at, at that and in broad strokes, that is absolutely what's going on in this passage. And of course, we'll get more into the details. But um, I certainly don't think we should skip over the the first episode yeah. um, about the the unwashed hands and the Pharisees. Uh, uh, for the sake of getting to um, what might be the more um, burning questions about how to understand this passage. Um, so, of course, yeah, the unwashed hands thing is not a cleanliness thing. It's a ritual purity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really know about germs or how they didn't think about things in the same way, although there may be certain obvious things mm-hmm. uh, about uh, what, what a dirty hand was like. But nonetheless, this was um, about uh, uh, coming into contact with something that's ritually impure. All sorts of things were ritually impure, uh, according to um, both uh, the Hebrew scriptures, the Torah, as well as uh, the oral Torah or Mm -hmm. or Pharisaic tradition, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, Jesus calls out um, in in the verses that that precede this. Um, Basically, Jesus is accusing the Pharisees of being hypocrites because uh, they're upset that he and his disciples don't don't, uh, wash their hands before they eat. Uh, because it's, you know, on the grounds that it's violating uh, Torah in some way. And and Jesus says, well, you have this rule that if you, you know, say I'm going to give uh, whatever support to my parents, uh, to God, then you're no longer obligated to your parents, which is violating the commandment to uh, honor your father and mother. Um, the former there, the, the idea that you can get out of any financial obligation to your parents um, to uh, be dedicated to God is not biblical, it's uh, sort of a, a, a oral or ex- extra biblical tradition, and uh, the, the honor your father and your mother absolutely is biblical. It's one of the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments. So Jesus is saying, you know, you're hypocrites, uh, so you you can't you know throw such a charge at me and whatever. And um, you know, we hear this and we think, okay, whatever. Jesus and the Pharisees don't like each other. What else is new? But mm-hmm. you know, we're following along in Matthew's narrative now, and this is, uh, I believe one of the, the early instances of, of a clash between these two, mm-hmm. uh, right? And uh, you, you, you see evidence of this, I believe, when um, uh, uh, the disciples say, do you know that the Pharisees took offense mm-hmm. at what you said? Right. Like, the Pharisees were popular. They were, they were thought very highly of. They, they had a high standing among at least um, some significant uh, portion of, of uh, the, the Jewish people of that day. Um, so it would be maybe a little bit like, you know, you or I getting on the, the wrong side of um, somebody very high up in the Episcopal uh, hierarchy. Um, <laughs> right. Not to name any names because that would be totally distracting. <laughs> and it's just an arbitrary example. So I'll leave it there. Right. But, you know, um, that's maybe it's, it's a good understanding. It's not like people of that day were like, oh, Pharisees, boo. Right. You know, yeah. like, oh, Pharisees, they're somebody's, right. you know. The honorable. Yeah, the Pharisees. honorable Pharisees. And Jesus doesn't care. He says, let them alone. They are blind guides to the blind. I mean, it's just, yeah. just astonishing, his, his disregard for the, the esteem of, of the Pharisees and whatever other consequences it might is. come from that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's such a renegade. Yeah. And a lot of this conversation, you know, it's like staged for the reader, but, but in the text, it's like only between he and his disciples, those mm-hmm. aside comments, yeah. I think, right? And they, yeah. they, come, they come to him and say, quietly, you know. Yeah. And so he's saying that that very strong thing just to them. Um, and, and then by the same token, a lot of what's said in the second paragraph about with the woman in the, the woman's story um, is just between he and his disciples. Like she doesn't come close till after he says, um, after they say, send her away. She keeps shouting after us. And Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Like she doesn't hear that necessarily. It's not totally clear, 
But in a way, he's acting out something here for the benefit of his disciples, probably in both cases. Mm -hmm. Um, And and he's always teaching them. I mean, they're always along for the learning, right? So he he's telling them they are those esteemed, established leaders are the blind leading the blind. Um, let him alone. Just like he said, let let the weeds and the wheat grow together. Yeah. I mean, he's still saying let them alone, mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. not going to bear back down yeah. from speaking his truth. And I think throughout Matthew, you, you know, this breaking in of the kingdom of, of God, it always brings conflict. It's always stirring the pot. And back in Matthew 11, he, he talked about, you know, blessed is the one who's not scandalized by me. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so many instances of people right. like, really wanting to run him off a cliff. That's right. Um, and so when we get to this encounter with the Canaanite woman, it's so striking how, you know, just like the first Joshua, he was sent for the house of Israel, you know, but, yeah. um, and here he's saying, I'm sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Um, and when they say send her away because she keeps shouting after us, in the Greek apparently send her away is, is more like, Will you just do something so she'll go away? Oh. Like, will you just mm. respond to her so she'll go away? It's, so it's a kind of a mistranslation. Yeah. And it, it makes more sense with that reading when he says, well, I was only sent for the house of the lost sheep of Israel. Like, he's not going to answer her. Mm-hmm. He didn't answer her at all, it says. Yeah. I just noticed that when you were reading, at all. Yeah, <laughs> he did right. not answer her at all. Very emphatic. Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of interesting that they're getting, they're like, they are seeing her like a fly in their face and they mm. just want him to do something social. Yeah. back down um but then she comes you know and then the other part i've read is that um when she's saying have mercy on me lord son of david you know she this is the way demons spoke to jesus too oh. at one point yeah right, right? the garrison demoniac yeah. or in one of these stories um so so a person who's like hysterical like that can either be a demon possessed person or a prophet mm. so the disciples really don't know what to make of her yeah but yeah they're not liking it either way. <laughs> and then when she comes to Jesus and she says, Lord, help me, you know, that's a much more kind of in your right mind mm-hmm. plea. And it seems to, to awaken Jesus. And, and then he gives this horrible line. It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Yeah. Um, and that's the part where I feel like it's for the disciples benefit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. You know, yeah. because he, he's not calling her like a, a rabbit dog. He's calling her a house puppy. Yeah. You know, that word. Of, I'm sure you've read that same yes, comment right, about right. this Greek. The, the dogs here is um, Kunarion. It's more like little house puppies yes. or pets. Yeah. So, so back to the point of the, you know, the tribes that are descended from the ones that Joshua allowed to stay. Uh-huh. You know, Israel has Gentiles in their midst, you know, and, and Jesus is seeing them break in. The mm-hmm. disciples are seeing them sort of come in. The puppies are coming into the house, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But so Jesus is treating her a little bit like an insider, but a lesser, you know, like mm-hmm. someone whose life is not as valued. Yeah. And it's almost like he's acting here um, in that sense, because he's, you know, he's like, I'm here for the house of Israel, like the first Joshua. And um, she, you know, but she, she, she's so respectful of him. You know, she's already called him son of David. She knows she's in his territory now, you know, Mm-hmm. And she says, Lord, let yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Um, and he's so struck by that. Lord, you know, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. 
Um, one person called this the conquest of Jesus, huh. you know, and, yeah. and it's got that double meaning of mm, Jesus coming in funny. to conquer yeah. Canaan yep. in an opposite way, but he himself lets himself be conquered, mm -hmm. you know, and by letting himself be conquered, he conquers the yeah. land. Right. Cause he, That's fascinating. I loved that, uh, the play on the, on the words. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, he's kind of, um, that's his reenactment of Joshua yeah, to win them over and to, to move in and like expand. So that, that's, that was amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I had, none of these are my very own insights. You know, I've, I've yeah. borrowed, a, I've gotten all these from other, you know, wiser people, but I think they're worth sharing. Definitely. Yeah. I I'm with you that, that I think Jesus is saying what sounds so harsh and sexist and exclusionary for the benefit of his disciples that he's in Zen master mode here mm -hmm. um, in that Zen masters often say things that are provocative or shocking yeah. uh, to uh, make a point. Mm -hmm. And uh, they do so at the expense of uh, decorum yeah, <laughs> of their own uh, appearance of character or right. virtue. Mm -hmm. um, they'll do and say all sorts of astonishing uh, uh, troubling things. Right. The rude awakening. Yeah, exactly. And I think <laughs> Jesus did this too. Um, yeah. I don't think that, that Jesus really, um, I don't think this is a, a straightforward expression of Jesus's own attitude. No way. No, yeah. No. And, and I mean, you, you see that it really all works out quite beautifully in, in the end that, you know, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is the second time that a Gentile non-Jew has come to Jesus in Matthew's gospel and requested a healing for somebody close to them, in this case, a uh, Roman centurion or, or soldier, mm -hmm. um, requesting uh, the healing of a servant boy. And, um, and, and the, this, the guard says that, you know, I know if you only say the word, right. uh, a, a little liturgical thing here, but uh, we'll save that for, for the next thought maybe. But um, if you only say the word, I know that my servant will be healed. Um, because I know what it's like to, you know, I have people under my authority, and if I say go there, it happens. And I, I, he's saying that I recognize that you have mm -hmm. spiritual or divine authority, and if you just say the word, that's that's all I need. I trust that the matter yeah. will be settled. And Jesus is like, oh, that's a great it says Jesus is amazed at yeah. his faith, and he says, right. I have not seen any such faith in all of Israel. Right. And this is really another instance of this. It is. And the pattern is, of course, Jesus moving out into the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's happening geographically. It's happening relationally, um, yeah. and uh, the whole thing is just opening up, right. um, and it's, it's beautiful, and, and it's, it's consistent with, with everything that Jesus uh, is, is up to in Matthew's gospel, as, as uh, stated first, first uh, of all in um, the Sermon on the Mount, that, um, uh, you know, blessed are the pure in heart, mm -hmm. they will see God, uh, and then goes into all these teachings about uh, what what the law is really about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, don't just, you know, refrain from uh, uh, killing one another, but, like, if you have anger in your heart towards a brother and sister, you say something um, uh, hurtful, like, that. this is what defiles. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, um, right. uh, it's, it's not about uh, a, a mere, you know, adherence to... Um, customs or traditions right it's it's about being transformed from the inside right. out it's not just healthy um, habits yeah right <laughs> yeah exactly right not at all uh and uh yeah, yeah i mean it's it's hard to, to get it it's maybe even hard for matthew to get a handle on, on jesus here on some level because he leaves out something that's in mark uh at the end of the first story about um 
washed hands and so on, and the Pharisees, uh, both have uh, Jesus saying, these are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Mark then says in parentheses, thereby he made all, declared all foods clean. Right, oh wow. And Matthew leaves that out. Yeah, yeah, he's it's not like, ready to go there yeah, yet. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not ready to go there, because this was a live debate within early Christianity. You see right. it in the New Testament, you know, Paul's all in on that. He's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter what you eat. Right. And then Peter's Peter like, I'm not so sure, dream. he waffles. Where he gets, he has the dream in Acts, and yeah. so it, Acts makes him look more, it gets him, paints him getting with that program in a more uncomplicated way, right. although with a really cool vision to go mm-hmm. go along with, with that story. But um, in Paul's letters in Galatians, he disc- he characterizes Peter as really waffling on this, yeah. and they have a real confrontation right. about it. Yeah. Um, so it was not settled, perhaps, by the time that, that Matthew is writing, which is super interesting that Jesus is, is just like, even as Matthew's telling the story of Jesus bursting mm-hmm. out of any box and defying categories uh, that that many people thought were essential uh, to hold on to and and to adhere to, Um, even as Matthew's telling that story, uh, maybe Matthew doesn't fully Mm -hmm. embrace or comprehend it. Yeah, well, they have enough trouble in the Methian community. You know, they're already trying to, like, cling to their synagogue roots and everything, and, you know, they're just being cast out left and right. And maybe they... Food is the last thing on their mind (laughs) to try to change. Who knows? But that's really interesting. Um, One other just quick context thing I I noticed that was super interesting, at least given this idea that Jesus is recasting the tradition of Joshua and ushering in a new way of conquering. Mm -hmm. Um, So back in chapter 14, when we missed this reading because of the Transfiguration feast day that landed on it, but when Jesus was feeding the crowds on the hillside, Mm -hmm. it was a Jewish crowd, you know, and at the end of that story, they fill 12 baskets full, you know, and a lot of the numerology talks about, you know, it's the reconstitution of the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, coming together. Jesus is really, you know, bringing everybody into this promised land together. Then after this passage today, um, and later in chapter 15, we have Jesus second time feeding a huge crowd on the hillside. And this Mm -hmm. time it's full of Gentiles. Oh, and at the end, they pick up seven baskets full. And so in the Joshua story in Deuteronomy, God is, or, you know, Jesus is hearing God say, um, conquered these seven, you know, the Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, the seven tribes bigger and stronger than you are. And, you know, do away with them completely, you know, Mm -hmm. just wipe them out. And here Jesus, and so in that feeding after this passage, um, after he's already kind of demonstrated to them how he feels towards this Canaanite woman and he's conquered by her um he the reconstituting maybe of of the canaanite people can be seen a little bit in that seven baskets so Mm -hmm. i just thought that was really interesting and that um, is really interesting the genius of matthew with all these illusions and very um, very much so yeah kind of blows me away so um really goes along with the theme that we talked about a few episodes back of, of jesus both um coming out of his own tradition in a very authentic way uh, with real integrity, but also uh, revolutionizing and subverting mm-hmm. and inverting certain things about his own tradition. Yeah. That is, he's mirroring, mirroring this conquest, but in, in you know, it, it, the first time around with the first Joshua, it's quite murderous yes. and um, violent. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was a real conquest. Right. And this is a, a, a conquest of love, right. you know, and, and community later. building. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a complete reversal of, of what the nature of going into these lands looked like. Yeah. 
So, we can't really overstate the reversal I know. that Jesus is it's working on. So here. different. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's what he's about. Yeah. I think. Um I found something fascinating in Thomas Aquinas, who I've never invoked in this podcast, but he in his commentary on the story about Jesus and the Canaanite woman said that there are five things about her um which uh were noteworthy and uh uh, in his view, or perhaps what sort of got her the, the outcome that she desired, uh, and in any case are uh, exemplary uh, for, for all of us. Uh, he notes her humility. Um, she says, you know, yet even the dogs eat mm-hmm. uh, the crumbs that fall from the table. Uh, he notes her patience, that uh, even as Jesus is like kind of being mean to her, she just waits it out. <laughs> <laughs> Her prayer, of course, she's saying, have mercy on me, O Lord. Mm-hmm. She, she comes in the, a spirit of prayer. Uh, her perseverance uh, that she kept asking, you know, mm-hmm. despite the, the opposition and, and the lack of response she was getting. Uh, and, of course, her faith, as Jesus says, a woman, great is your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really nice. Very. Yeah. yeah good sort great. of practical yeah. application and we, yeah. that we can learn from her. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She becomes an icon. Indeed. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Well, Anything else we want to add? I think that's a great last word. Okay, I guess that's enough. <laughs> well, thank you for, for tuning in and, and sticking with us. Uh, as always, like, comment, and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Thank you.